Good morning. There we go. Welcome to Stony Creek United Methodist Church. I'm Pastor Michael. I'm very happy to see you all here on this fun, snowy winter morning because Mother Nature has a sense of humor. A couple of quick things before we get started. We have a board meeting uh, this Wednesday at 6.30. Uh, So if you're on the board of directors, hopefully you can see you there. Um, If you can't make it, give me a holler. The draft of the agenda will be coming out this afternoon. Um, So when you see that, if you have anything you'd like to add um, or questions, you can let me know in the email. Um, And then I'm guessing Bob's got some other announcements. Yes, uh, we're going to try to uh, get the people from, so they can hear us at home. So uh, I or someone else is going to be uh, passing this around twice. We'd like to also to remind everyone to uh, sign the attendance pad. And uh, I need some more uh, ushers. In fact, I don't have a sheet up there yet, so we'll get that done too. So is there anyone else there who would like to? Okay, just a couple announcements. The lunch at Aubrey's that was originally scheduled for this Wednesday is going to hop over to the following Wednesday. Uh, That's the 22nd. And then um, you already mentioned about the board meeting. And then Easter's coming, kids. We're going to have the Easter eggs on April 9th. So we can look forward to seeing you that day. And that's all I have. Anybody else got anything for the good of the cause? Awesome. All right. Well, I'm going to turn things over to Teresa, who is going to be our song leader this morning. We're going to be using the green hymnals in your pews. Um, So grab one of those, and we're doing number (laughs) 3093. Fill my cup, Lord. And thank you all for moving your clocks and being here at church. So in the... commemoration of that, let's stay seated and turn in your green hymnal. You'll probably recognize the refrain, the chorus. The verses might be new to you, but we picked this because it fits perfectly with our sermon for the day. Fill my cup, Lord.
Good morning, everyone. My name is Fonda, and I'll be the liturgist today. I invite you now to stand if you are able and would like to. We'll do the opening prayer together. <clears throat> Lord God, great I am, you are living water. As we worship you this day, show us who we are, channels of your love and vessels of your grace. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. You may be seated. See how the fields are ripe for harvest. Already God is gathering fruit for eternal life. With rejoicing, let us offer our lives to the Lord. rise if you are able and join us in our doxology number 95 in the hymnal. God, we are the people of your pasture, the sheep of your hand. As you have fed us by your mercy, may it be our daily bread to do your will. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. You may be seated. It is now a time for all of God's children. So I'd like to invite any and all of God's children to come and hang out with me. And that means any of y'all, because y'all are God's children. No. 
And if you want a sucker, you got to come up. So just saying. How are you guys doing this morning? Good? Still waking up? Didn't have enough coffee yet? Yeah, me neither. So this month we are learning about parables. Do you guys know what a parable is? Have you ever heard that word before? So a parable is a story, um, and Jesus used them a lot to help teach people uh, important things. Um, and so he used them back when he was doing ministry, and then we still read about him today in the Bible. And I want to read one to you. It's one of my absolute favorites. It's called The Good Samaritan. You guys might have heard this one before. So this is our Good Samaritan. And this is a guy who, you can see he's got a bandage here. He got hurt, and I'm going to tell you what happened. So Jesus was asked, who is my neighbor? To answer the question, Jesus told this story. There was a Jewish man walking a dangerous road, and he was beaten badly by thieves and left on the side of the road. As the man lay there, a priest walked by. He saw the hurt man he crossed over to the other side of the road to avoid the hurt man. A Levite, a person who worked in the synagogue, was also walking down this dangerous road. When he saw the hurt man, he crossed over to the other side of the road too. There was also a Samaritan, an enemy of the Jewish people, walking this dangerous road. But when the Samaritan saw the hurt man, he felt compassion. He knew it was right to help the hurt man, even though their cultures were enemies. The Samaritan bandaged the man's wounds, placed the man on his donkey, and took him to an inn to care for him. So, that's a pretty big deal. Can you imagine somebody who, who maybe isn't very nice to you, who maybe is kind of mean but you saw them hurt and you still went and helped them. That's, that's what the Good Samaritan did. So I wonder, how do you think we can show God's love to people who are different than us? What do you think? Could we be nice, friendly, and helpful? Yeah, I think that's really a, some of the best ways we can do it. Because when we act nice towards people, we're showing people God's love. All right. Can you guys do a repeat after me prayer with me? All right. Dear God, help us to listen and follow Jesus' words and stories. Amen. All right, I need your help with one more thing. We got to do the Lord's Prayer. Can you guys help me with that? You think you remember all the words? Because the adults forget them sometimes. All right, you ready? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Awesome. Thank you guys for hanging out with me. You can have, you can have two suckers because it's an early morning. And if I can have two cups of coffee, you can have two suckers. All right, if you would rise as you are able and join in our next hymn, number 126, sing praise to the God above, who reign above.
may be seated. Now is the time that we bring before God and God's people the things that weigh upon our hearts and our minds, as well as those that give us cause for celebration and joy. Do we have any joys and concerns we would like to lift up this morning? Good morning. Um, an update on Margie Myers. Uh, we talked to Bill last night, and they took the breathing tube out. So she can talk some, um, which gave them a lot of joy just to hear her voice. Um, she, they found out she has uh, two, two broken fingers on her left hand also along with a pretty nasty gash. Um, there's 11 of the 14 ribs broken. And, um, but the good news is they're going to move her out of ICU to another room, more intensive care. She does need lots of prayers, as mom and dad. Um, if anybody wants to send cards, they're asking maybe to send them to her attention to Bill and Doris. And if you need an address, I could give it to you after church. But lots of prayers. Thank you. Any others? All right. If you would turn to page 393 in the red hymnal for our invitation to prayer, Spirit of the Living God. If you would please join me in an attitude of prayer, and I invite you when you hear me say the words, wellspring of mercy, to reply with the words, hear our prayer. Let us pray for the needs of the world, saying, wellspring of mercy, hear our prayer. Saving God, you are the giver of living water, the source of deepest compassion, the fountain of eternal life. Therefore, we pray to you, wellspring of mercy, hear our prayer. For all who are thirsty, thirsty for a life of meaning, thirsty for a word of grace, thirsty for a drink of water, wellspring of mercy, hear our prayer. For all who are weary, weary from life's long journey, weary from quarreling and testing, Weary from pain or grief. Wellspring of mercy, hear our prayer. For all who are broken, broken by sin and suffering, broken by hard disappointment, broken by acts of violence. Wellspring of mercy, hear our prayer. Mighty wellspring of mercy, you also offer us blessings beyond anything we could ever earn ourselves. We thank you today for all the ways in which you bless us. Wellspring of mercy, hear our prayer. Living God, through your spirit, pour out your love into our hearts, your grace into our lives, your healing into our world, until the earth is filled with your glory as the waters cover the sea. Through Jesus Christ we pray, amen. And if you would join me aloud in our prayer for illumination. Living God, through the reading of the scriptures 
and by the power of your spirit, may we hear for ourselves the good news and believe because of your word that Jesus Christ is the Savior of the world. Amen. Our first reading this morning will come from the Old Testament, the book of Exodus. And you might remember that Moses has led his people out of Israel, and he was able to do this with his staff when he hit the Nile and the waters parted. So now they are wandering at the Lord's command, the whole community of Israel left the wilderness of sin and moved from place to place. Eventually, they camped at Rapidan, but there was no water there for the people to drink. So once more, the people complained against Moses Give us water to drink, they demanded. Quiet, Moses replied. Why are you complaining against me, and why are you testing the Lord? But tormented by thirst, they continued to argue with Moses. Why did you bring us out of Egypt? Are you trying to kill us, our children, and our livestock with thirst? Then Moses cried out to the Lord, What should I do with these people? They are ready to stone me. The Lord said to Moses, Walk out in front of the people, take your staff, the one you used when you struck the water of the Nile, and call some of the elders of Israel to join you. I will stand before you on the rock at Mount Sinai. I want you to strike the rock, and water will come gushing out. Then the people will be able to drink. So... Moses struck the rock as he had been told, and water gushed out as the elders looked on. Moses named the place Masa, which means test, and Meribah, which means arguing, because the people of Israel argued with Moses and tested the Lord by saying, is the Lord here with us? Thus ends the reading of the word of God. Thanks be to God. I invite you to join with me in listening to a special by Teresa and Tammy. Jerusalem, the time. 
Our second scripture reading for this morning comes from the Gospel of John, chapter 4, verses 5 through 42. I will be reading from the Common English Translation, but it should be pretty close to what you have in the Bibles and the pews, which is the NIV translation. He came to a Samaritan city called Sachar, which was near the land Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there. Jesus was tired from his journey, so he sat down at the well. It was about noon. A Samaritan woman came to the well to draw water. Jesus said to her, Give me some water to drink. His disciples had gone into the city to buy him some food. The Samaritan woman asked, Why do you, a Jewish man, ask for something to drink from me, a Samaritan woman? Jews and Samaritans didn't associate with each other. Jesus responded, If you recognize God's gift and who is saying to you, Give me some water to drink, you would be asking him and he would give you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you don't have a bucket and the well is deep. Where would you get this living water? You aren't greater than our father Jacob, are you? He gave this well to us and drank from it himself, as did his sons and his livestock. Jesus answered, Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks from the water that I give will never be thirsty again. The water that I give will become in those who drink it a spring of water that bubbles up into eternal life. The woman said, Sir, give me this water so that I will never be thirsty and will never need to come here to draw water. Jesus said to her, Go, get your husband and come back here. The woman replied, I don't have a husband. You are right to say I don't have a husband, Jesus answered. You've had five husbands, 
and the man you are with now isn't your husband. You've spoken the truth. The woman said, Sir, I see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain, but you and your people say that it is necessary to worship in Jerusalem. Jesus said to her, Believe me, woman, the time is coming when you and your people will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You and your people worship what you don't know. We worship what we know because salvation is from the Jews. But the time is coming and is here when true worshipers will worship in spirit and truth. The Father looks for those who worship him this way. God is spirit, and it is necessary to worship God in spirit and truth. The woman said, I know that the Messiah is coming, the one who is called the Christ. When he comes, he will teach everything to us. Jesus said to her, I am the one who speaks with you. Just then, Jesus' disciples arrived and were shocked that he was talking with a woman. But no one asked, what do you want, or why are you talking with her? The woman put down her water jar and went into the city. She said to the people, come and see a man who has told me everything I've done. Could this man be the Christ? They left the city and were on their way to see Jesus. In the meantime, the disciples spoke to Jesus, saying, Rabbi, eat. Jesus said to them, I have food to eat that you don't know about. The disciples asked each other, has someone brought him food? Jesus said to them, I am fed by doing the will of the one who sent me and by completing his work. Don't you have a saying, four more months and then it's time to harvest? Look, I tell you, open your eyes and notice the fields are already ripe for the harvest. Those who harvest are receiving their pay and gathering fruit for eternal life, so that those who sow and those who harvest can celebrate together. There is a true saying that one sows and another harvests. I have sent you to harvest what you didn't work hard for. Others worked hard, and you will share in their hard work. Many Samaritans in that city believed in Jesus because of the woman's words when she testified, He told me everything I've ever done. So when the Samaritans came to Jesus, they asked him to stay with them, and he stayed there for two days. Many more believed because of his word, and they said to the woman, We no longer believe because of what you said, for we have heard for ourselves and know that this one is truly the Savior of the world. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. If you'd please join me once again in an attitude of prayer. Holy God, you are all-powerful and all-knowing. You know us better than we know ourselves. You know the deepest parts of us, even those we may try to hide and ignore. And still you love us and offer us grace and mercy. Help us find relief and comfort in just how well you know us, instead of fear and worry. Help us to own who we are, including that we are your beloved children and siblings in Jesus Christ, our Savior. And now may the words of my mouth, the meditations of our hearts together in this place, be pleasing in your sight, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Well, good morning again, everyone. I don't want to tempt fate, but hey, it's two weeks in a row getting to see you all. Two weeks in a row with power and TV and internet. They say that you don't know what you have till it's gone. Just kidding, sort of. But in all sincerity, I am I'm very happy to see you all again and pray that God continues to bless you and that you may always know and witness the love and grace of Jesus Christ. I also pray that it is well with your soul, in the words of John Wesley. The last few weeks have been full of challenges, and I think it is okay for us to not only acknowledge that, but to, you know, maybe accept it, if that's right, the right word. And who knows, maybe there are some parallels between the recent events and some of what we find in Scripture. I mean, look what happened when the Israelites were testing God. 
I'd be lying if I said that during the last few weeks I hadn't begun to wonder if I had somehow tested God or maybe accidentally kicked a puppy or something. I don't know. Anyway, let's get back to Lent and our current sermon series, Heart to Heart Talks. This series, again, focuses on the conversations in the Gospels that, that prompt questions about our own relationships with Jesus. As I mentioned last week, we, we tend to remember the important heart-to-heart talks in our lives, whether a dashboard confessional between a parent and a child, a wee hours dialogue with a friend, or, or even a life-changing video call with the one that we love. So we're going to explore these conversations with Jesus as depicted in John's gospel today as, as people come seeking answers to their deepest questions or, or making claims about their faith or even just, just wondering who exactly Jesus is. And Jesus engages with them. He challenges them and exhorts them. Jesus makes them and as us readers today, stop and think. He opens opportunities to learn and grow. If we had the opportunity, what would we ask Jesus? What would we ask Jesus about if we could sit down with him, like at a meal or maybe a well? And how do you think he would answer us? Well, today we're going to meet Jesus at a well and look into his conversation with a woman there in our message titled, Well, Actually. So typically, when we cross paths with strangers, most of the time, though not always, but most of the time, the interactions are pretty casual. Can you think of the last time that maybe you were on a plane sitting next to a stranger? Now, if you're like me and what I believe to be a large portion of the population, you were probably hoping your seatmate would ignore you or at most give a quick nod and smile. You may have put on your headphones or earbuds, pulled out some reading material to try and show that, that you're a little too busy for a conversation right now. I know that when I commuted throughout Chicago, when I worked in information technology, whether on the bus or the train, I always had my headphones on and usually a book opened. It didn't always work, but even in those moments, I think good things happened. Or what about when someone holds the door open for you, like at a store or a doctor's office? We usually offer a quick thanks or at least I hope you do. It's the polite thing to do after all. It's socially kind of expected. Or what about our interactions with someone, say, in a customer service role, like the bagger at the grocery store? You hopefully offer a quick thanks to them as well, maybe even wish them a good day. We smile at the winsome toddler on the playground or at the library at most, we make eye contact with the parent standing watch. Again, hopefully, because if not, you can come off kind of creepy and you don't want to do that. And then, then we have situations when the casual encounter comes with someone visibly different from us. We may ignore or we may overcompensate. The particularly, ah, can't say that word, particularly ongoing, among, outgoing among us may compliment the color someone is wearing or ask how old a child is, but mostly, mostly we just keep moving. And then every so often something different happens. Occasionally we make an unexpected connection. I remember getting on the elevated train in Lincoln Park as I left my ministry internship while in seminary and plopping down in one of the single seat rows all by myself, headphones on, listening to some alternative rock as the train pulled away, headed towards North Evanston. 
And as I sat there and I was almost lost in the music and my own thoughts, the young man sitting across from me made a motion that I understood to be asking me to pause my music and remove my headphones as he had something he wanted to communicate to me. And so I did, and he asked me about the cross that I was wearing that night. He complimented it and wanted to know if I was a pastor or someone who worked in a church. And we talked and talked and talked until we reached his stop and he had to depart. For about 20 minutes, we talked about faith and life, this complete stranger, someone I had never met before. And it was a really beautiful moment, at least from my perspective. He was smiling, so I assume he enjoyed our conversation. In our story from John's Gospel, the woman who came to draw water at noon could see a man sitting there as she approached. She may have wondered how or if he would speak to her at this well, one where famous matches had been made in the past. Would he be flirtatious or rude, or would he simply just ignore her? And as she came closer, she could see from his clothing that he was Jewish. When Jesus asked for a drink of water, she expressed surprise that he would be willing to take water from a Samaritan woman. This interaction was not following the social norms or expectations of the day. But then Jesus was not someone who would let those norms or expectations get in the way of doing his ministry work and reaching out to others. And suddenly these two people went deep into the well of living water. Why does Jesus ask her to go and call her husband? The unfortunate results of this moment in the narrative has been literal centuries of preaching that dismisses her as a, a loose woman, even a prostitute. In fact, I have heard some sermons using this passage that seem to solely focus on the kind of woman this was and all sorts of assumptions about her life and her life choices. Some to the point that the message felt less like a sermon and more like a trial and judgment of this unknown Samaritan woman. Well, at least unknown to us. Not that this would be the first time something like this happened as a result of something someone assumed about a woman mentioned in scripture. Women tend to always get the short end of the stick. But it is possible, perhaps, that, that when we do something like that, it is possible we miss the point when we try to chase down the implications of her marital history. We miss that Jesus was letting her and us today know that he knew her. He knew exactly who she was, and he did not let anything real or perceived stop him from engaging with her and telling her about living water. He doesn't ask this question and bring up the answer as a way to shame her or be cruel. It was so she could know that he knew exactly who she was. You know, the story has no parallels in the other Gospels, although Jesus did have a brief and contentious interaction with another foreign woman, a mother seeking healing for her daughter. It's found in both Matthew and Mark. But the difference here is that Jesus taught this woman. Jesus took the time to teach her something new and something that she needed to learn about. He knew not only her history, but he knew her capacity for faith. There was no secret keeping here. She knew the Messiah was coming, and Jesus revealed himself to her. Her, a Samaritan woman, and one that others would have been very judgmental about and very judgmental towards. 
But he knew this was a woman of strength, one who would talk back and, and not let other people's opinions keep her from speaking up. Jesus knew that she was a person who could spread the word. And Jesus knows us, too. You know, there may be things we wish we could hide from God, those, those pieces of our stories we hope will not have to be confessed or ever see the light of day. Of course, there is nothing that we can hide from God. And that's good news. It might not sound like it, but it is. It's good news for all of us that God knows us and has work for all of us, no matter who we are or where we have been or what has happened in our lives. God knows each and every one of us and sees value in each and every one of us. If Jesus appeared today at noon, sitting in a courtyard, maybe in a nearby downtown area, or sitting just outside our church building, or maybe sitting in a local coffee shop or a microbrew establishment, wherever it might be, he would actually know us just as he knew this woman. I have to wonder, is it, is it daunting to think of being known so intimately? How unnerving and scary is it that Jesus knows us even better than we know ourselves? Or, or is it instead a relief? Knowing that Jesus knows us exactly who we are and still continues to come back to us. There is living water for all. Let us go spread the word too, just like Jesus knew this woman would be able to and did. Amen. If you would rise as you are able for our closing hymn in the red hymnal number 159, Lift High the Cross.
beloved children of God and cherished siblings in Jesus, the hour is coming and is now here. Go forth to worship the Lord your God in spirit and in truth, in all that you say and do. And now may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ spring up like living water, fill your hearts, and flow throughout your life. Amen.